Hey, Sober Girls. Every life choice you make has an impact, and some choices are just easier than others. An easy choice for me has been adding Exact Nature CBD into my daily routine. Exact Nature's products can help curb cravings while promoting the positive changes in mood, focus, and my favorite, sleep. These are all part of getting and staying sober. They're available in oils, soft gels, and gummies, and in varying strengths and formulas. What I love most about Exact Nature is I know the quality is top tier and safe because their products are made by people in recovery for people in recovery. Go to exactnature.com to get 20% off your order. Use code SOBERGIRL20 at checkout. Being positive is a choice. Exact Nature just makes it easier. Welcome to a Sober Girl's Guide podcast, a lifestyle podcast based on sobriety and recovery. I'm your host and sober girl, Jessica Jabot. Inspired by my own sobriety and wellness journey, I want to spread the wealth of knowledge. Tune in each week for uncensored conversations about mental health, self-development, wellness and spirituality, and how they influence each guest's unique recovery journey. My goal is to educate and inspire and to let you know you are not alone on your recovery journey. Thanks so much for tuning in to a Sober Girls Guide podcast. Let's go! Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 102 of a Sober Girls Guide podcast. Yes, 102 episodes. Can you even believe it? First and foremost, I want to give a big shout out to you. Yes, to you for listening for over a hundred episodes. I cannot believe that I have been this lucky to share this space with some absolutely incredible guests and it has been really special and I want to thank you for listening to every single one of them. Today is a solo episode featuring your head sober girl. Yes, that is me, Jessica Jabot. And Today I'm going to be answering the top three questions I get about sobriety and recovery. These top three questions are quite interesting, actually. I found them, it was is a very, very strong top three, if you will. Um, wasn't really too much wavering there, but these top three are the most asked about and the most concern, actually, when people are thinking about getting sober, sober curious, or diving into sobriety for a booze-free life, as we call it. A little backstory. I wanted to give you a little context of, to my experience with sobriety, recovery, addiction, all that good stuff. Um, If you've been listening to the podcast here and there, um, most of the time, I don't answer questions about myself. The tables are now turned. So, welcome. It's only going to get weirder from here on out. Um, So, a little bit about myself. Well, I grew up in Vancouver, but I spent most of my young adult life living in LA. So, I was there for just over 11 years, and I was a full-time DJ. That means I got paid to party, and party hard. I was really good at my job, if you know what I mean. Yeah, so I got paid to play other people's music in nightclubs and huge corporate events around the world. It sounds pretty sweet, right? Well, it was until it just wasn't. 
um, I found myself really only DJing for money. And let me tell you, if you're doing anything just for money, it is extremely draining and limiting and you feel trapped. It is not a great feeling. I do not recommend it. So this is what came to be. You know, I had I had built all this thing, all these things and, you know, accumulated all these amazing stuff. Great apartment right in the heart of West Hollywood. You know, I was checking off my list and and getting everything that I thought I wanted and deserved. Um, So in order to keep that list up, I had to keep working, which then triggered the old anxiety and depression. And that came in hard. It came in guns a-blazing, if you will. You know, I've always had a bit of anxiety and a little bit of a depression here and there. And I felt like they were kind of nudges along the way um, of my drinking career. And, you know, I I just didn't pay attention to the nudges. I just thought that that's what everyone felt and that's what everyone did. And we just powered through, right? Like, keep going, keep drinking. Maybe you just had an off night. Well, unfortunately, those off nights turned into every night. My anxiety and depression became worse and worse and worse. And to the point where I literally thought I was going to crawl out of my own skin. I couldn't stand at, at work. I couldn't stand for more than two minutes without just feeling like my body was going to explode, like my stomach was in knots and it was like eating itself. It was just such a horrible, horrible feeling. I couldn't even stand still for two minutes long enough to change the song. Um, So I found myself canceling gigs and, you know, not going to work. And I I quickly saw, you know, this is this is a, a quick downhill spiral here. You know, I was living in LA all alone. I didn't have any family. The friends that I had were party friends who, you know, were around when the free bottles were around. Let's let's be honest. Or the free, you know, night outs were around. Um, and the quote-unquote friends that I had um, that I hung out with outside of work, really all we did was drink wine and talk shit. So, mm, not solid relationships there. I quickly saw that I was on my own here, which was terrifying, and I could see my life slowly but surely slipping away. So I had to get I had to get a hold of this really quickly because I I saw this is how you become homeless. This is how you become on the streets. And it was, you know, it was chomping at the at the bit. So I had to do something to really figure this out. Like I said, this nudge became a full-blown dropkick with the horrible anxiety, horrible depression. And when I say horrible, I mean absolutely debilitating. I mean, after a night of drinking, I would be locked in my apartment for three to four days, curtain shut and not wanting to see anyone do anything, complete lack of motivation, just squirreling away in my apartment. So I quickly went through my life with a fine tooth comb and looked at all the things that I was doing on a daily basis. And nine out of 10 of them, I just was doing out of habit. I wasn't even enjoying myself. I love to go to the beach and I love to 
you know, go hiking and exercising. And I wasn't doing any of those. Number one, I was probably hungover. And number two, I just was on such a autopilot, I guess, to, to just go in day in and day out and not really think about my needs or my wants or, you know, how to take care of myself and what actually excites me or, or brings me joy in my life. I quickly saw a pattern of, of, of what was going on in my life and it wasn't looking good. <laughs> so I had to make some changes, right? We have to pivot. If something isn't working, we can always pivot. There is always a next choice, another decision that we can make to, to try and, and do something better for ourselves. And so when I started adding in things that did bring me joy, and believe me, there was a lot of trial and error, which I think is what life is all about. I think your, your purpose is to find what brings you joy and implement those things in your life as much as possible, in many, as many ways as possible. I did a lot of trial and error and figured it out. And you know what? Through the years, things change. You know, what may have not worked for me a couple years ago may have worked now or vice versa. Or, you know, things that I was never interested ever. I'll give you an example. Uh, since quarantine, I have basically become a blend of my mother and father. And I am a 60-year-old senior citizen playing tennis and golf on the weekly. And I used to think this was so silly, so boring. Like, who wants to do that? It's not exciting at all. I love it. So don't count anything out, is what I'm saying. <laughs> Tons of trial and error. And you know what? The fog began to, to lift. As soon as I implemented these things that did bring me joy and made me excited about my life, alcohol kind of fell to the wayside. It didn't fit in with my happy plan, if you know what I mean. Alcohol was just hindering all these feelings of joy and excitement that naturally came when I found what I actually wanted to do in my life. I found most of the time I was drinking to create false emotions or false excitement that I should have or, you know, to create a false energy. But if you're truly excited about something and actually want to do that, you will have the energy, you will have the, the resources, the capacity to do that no matter what. So pay attention to that. That was my personal experience, and it took me about 10 years to figure this out. So, as I said, a lot of trial and error. I was in and out of AA, and um, that modality didn't really work for me because I found out that I am more of a forward thinker. I am into motivation and inspiration, if you know what I mean. Um, I needed someone to show me and tell me that, you know, there is a light at the end of this tunnel. And it is so bright and so amazing that you're never, ever going to miss, you're never going to miss your old life. You just aren't because you're going to create a whole damn new one that is so exciting and worthwhile that you're not even going to think about booze. And that is exactly what happened. So I held on to that feeling and I pushed forward. And I guess through the, the early stages of my sobriety, that's when I started the blog, A Sober Girl's Guide. And, you know, it was for me to write down these tips and tricks and kind of reminders of what I can do and what I should do to keep my mind focused and to keep myself in check, really. And then social media hit and, and all that good stuff. And I was literally just posting stuff that I needed to hear straight up. And that is still my motto to this day. If something strikes me, if something 
brings forth an emotion and, and strikes me in a way that, oh, I need to hear this or this really resonated with me, that is what I share. So it is, first and foremost, it's about me. And if people like it, cool. And if they don't like it, cool. But this is uh, something that's worked for me. And I think, you know, we all have different pathways of recovery and how we get here. But the feelings and the emotions are the same. The goals are the same. We all have the same goals in our life. And I think what is really cool with the Sober Girls Guide is it has brought people together, brought women together and found commonalities because there's so much just ripping us apart on the daily. And if we can come together to have these common goals and feelings and emotions and let each other know that you're not alone out there, you're not the only one struggling, that is, that is amazing. That is powerful. So that's kind of how a Sober Girl's Guide came to be in, in, in my journey. And now I am over three and a half years sober, which is fantastic. And I I'm loving every minute of it. And it's really interesting how my experience has evolved over the years. I also went back to school. I got a coaching, my coaching certification, deepened my my knowledge and my experience in addiction. My family has dabbled in addiction as well. I have two younger brothers who were in the same boat as I was and who are on a pathway to figuring that out for themselves. I've had um multiple levels of experience in recovery and addiction, which I'm very fortunate for because you know what? I get to pass that information and experiences along to you. That's it. That's kind of my my little life in a nutshell there. So let's get on to the three, the top three most asked questions that I get. And this is from email, Instagram, social media, coaching clients, the whole nine yards. These are the top three that are the most prevalent. Now, the first two have nothing to do with yourself, really, in recovery. It's kind of outside of you, which I thought was really interesting because we all want to control how people react and how our um, situations will affect us, which is impossible. (laughs) I know, I know, you're probably wanting a different answer, but that is just it. We really are in control of very little in our life, which is, can be absolutely terrifying, but also very relieving at the same time. So please put down that world that is on your shoulders and listen. Three top questions that I get. So number one, I think we can all agree that anxiety is so 2023. Say peace out to anxiety and overwhelm with chill vibe gummies. Made with ashwagandha root, L-theanine, GABA, chamomile flower, and lemon balm, these gluten-free, vegan, non-GMO gummies are the perfect way to change your vibe naturally and most importantly, safely. Whenever I tried medication for my anxiety, I was always hit with extreme side effects that made me feel paranoid or just completely numbed of all emotions, the good and the bad. Chill Vibe Gummies make you feel like you, just minus the anxiety. Go to vibegummies.com to get your gummies today. That's V-I-B-E gummies.com. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. A common misconception about relationships is that they have to be easy to be right. But sometimes the best ones happen when you put the work in to make them great. Therapy can be a place to work through the challenges you face in all your relationships, whether with your friends, work, your significant other, or most importantly, yourself. 
My biggest fear is that I was unlovable, that something was just not good enough or deserving of love. My therapist has helped me to see that my thoughts are not necessarily the truth. Therapy has helped me overcome these limiting beliefs that were keeping me in unhealthy patterns in my life. We are our own worst critic, and I love that my therapist reminds me of how far I have come. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out the brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit betterhelp.com A-S-G-G today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash A-S-G-G. When you change your relationship with alcohol, you realize you have so many hours in the day. I love to dedicate my time to skincare, and Osea makes me and my skin feel and look like a queen. Osea's clean, vegan, and sustainable body care is a glowing choice for achieving your body care and self-care goals. Whenever I use the Andaria Algae Body Butter, people literally stop me on the street. My skin is flawless and glowing, and I love the thick and unbelievably rich texture that absorbs instantly. Skincare is a habit worth keeping all year round. Osea can help your skin have a healthy glow every day. Because let's be honest, skincare is self-care. With over 27 years of seaweed-infused products, Osea is safe on your skin and the planet. It is clean, vegan, and cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. Never choose between your values and your best skin. Start the new year fresh with clean, vegan skincare and body care from Osea. Right now, we have a special discount just for our listeners. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code ASGG at OseaMalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to OSEAMalibu.com and use code ASGG for 10% off. How do you deal with friends that still drink? So this question is about socializing, right? How do you fit into your social circle still if you are not drinking, but all your friends are? So nothing has changed for your friends, but you are the only one who has changed. First and foremost, things are going to change when you stop drinking. Actually, pretty much every aspect of your life will change. And that is a good thing. Trust me. This is a long time coming. Let's just say that. But change is hard. Change is scary. It is unpredictable. It feels unstable at times. And you are absolutely right. But let me tell you, it is so worth it. I know that sounds corny and super cheesy, but this change, if you embrace it, if you kind of let it in, if you roll with those waves, it is going to make it that much easier and I'm not going to say painless, but less painful. Let's go with that. You won't be crashing up on the rocks if you're riding the waves. So how do we deal with friends that still drink? Well, you have to understand that you are the one changing, not them. And for some people, for some of your friends, that may be hard. And you know what? You might lose some friends. But if you think about this, if you are losing friends because you have decided to do something that makes you feel better and makes you feel good about yourself and is a healthier choice for you in the long run, what kind of friend doesn't support that? What kind of friend takes off? 
or maybe makes fun of you or or gives you a hard time for that. I hate to say it, but that is not a friend. That is someone who is projecting their own insecurities and stuff onto you, and that sucks. You might you might lose some friends. I'm not gonna sugarcoat this at all because a lot of people may, may beat around the bush and and say like, oh, you can you know regain those friendships. Yeah, maybe sometimes you can. Um, for me personally, I had a lot of letting go to do and it was really painful and it was scary because when you let go of people, those abandonment issues pop up and you feel alone. But in fact, and this is a fact, this is a stone cold fact, when you let go of people who really aren't there to support you and aren't you know, on your team and have your back, you are making room for people that will be there. I think there's like 7 billion people in the world and there is a reason for that. We don't have to be confined to the people that maybe we grew up with or have all this history with. Because at the end of the day, if they're not supporting you, if they are not contributing to your life, sorry, but they're weighing you down. And that's really hard. I mean, life is hard enough. We need people in our life who are going to be there and build us up. If you are having a hard time because you aren't drinking and your, your friends are giving you a hard time for that, I hate to say it, but you got you got to move on. You got to cut those ties and and find people who will support you. And again, I know this is terrifying because your abandonment issues are just flaring up at full bore right now. It is scary, and you might have a couple of lonely nights. But what is the other option? Maybe you continue drinking to try and fit into these circles. That's like trying to fit a triangle into a circle. That just does not compute. And it's going to make you more miserable and more shame and more guilt. You really got to put yourself first here. And it's not going to last forever. Make some room. If those people aren't supporting you, let's make some room. Let's talk about the other end of the coin. If, you know, your friends are supportive, cool, and they still drink, cool. How do you cope with that? How do you deal with that? First and foremost, find healthier alternatives. Find something to hold in your hand. Just that very act of holding something in your hand and sipping it will give you a lot of peace. (laughs) A non-alcoholic drink that is inclusive, it works wonders. This doesn't have to be, you know, a non-alcoholic wine, a non-alcoholic beer. This could be a kombucha. This could be a mocktail if you're out at the bar. Something that is mixed. Something that makes you feel special. Go above and beyond of just sparkling water. I think sparkling water kind of loses its luster if we drink it daily. It's not it's not special. Make something or or have something on hand that makes you feel important, that makes you feel included and special that you can sip alongside your friends who yeah, are are still drinking. And also, you're not going to change your friends, right? They most likely don't have or may, are not aware if they have issues with alcohol, and that's not your place to tell them. All you can do is keep your side of the street clean and do what is right for you. If that means that maybe you need to skip a couple of social outings until you feel safe and secure in your commitments to going booze-free, so be it. But again, this is not going to be forever. This is just right now and you will get stronger, you will get more secure in your choices. Those two tips are key. Get some great alternatives so you feel included in the party and know that you're not going to change anyone. You can't judge people who are still drinking. All you can do 
is keep your side of the street clean and do what is right for you. And you know what? You may have to leave the party a little bit early because it gets a little bit boring when drunk people are talking about the same old thing over and over again, which they tend to do. <laughs> On to question number two, which is, is quite similar uh, to question number one. What do you do when your partner still drinks? A lot of, of of people might expect their partner or hope that their partner comes along with them on their booze-free journey. Again, like I said with your friends, you cannot change them. All you can do is keep your side of the street clean. Yeah, this may be scary for you because maybe you have bonded in the past and really felt that you guys have connected, you and your partner have connected over alcohol. Like, 98% of the world has, right? I think, you know, most of our first dates have probably been, been in a bar, probably involved alcohol. It's natural to be totally scared and really nervous that your dynamic in your relationship will change. Absolutely. It will totally change. And that doesn't have to be a bad thing. It is scary though. Again, change is scary. That's, I think, the motto for this whole episode. <laughs> It will bring a lot of things to light. When you are not drinking and your partner is, it can get a little interesting, let's say. I think first and foremost, you need to understand why you aren't drinking. And can you be with someone who does? Is that going to be hard for you? Is that going to be a, a deal breaker? Do you even like your spouse when they are drinking? And those are tough questions to ask. Those are some, some real questions. And what does that look like? if those questions are no, right? That's that's also a little scary because again, those abandonment issues are gonna flare up because what if your relationship changes with your partner? What if it dissolves? What if things don't work out? What if you grow apart? I mean, let's be honest, tons of couples grow apart and alcohol may or may not have anything to do with that. But people change and people expand. And I think going booze free is it really kind of speeds up that expanding process and that growing process because it brings a lot of things to light. You know, when, when we're drinking, it's kind of like a nice filter over everything in our life that we don't maybe want to address. When that filter comes off, there's a lot of growth and expansion that happens just naturally, even if you don't want it, even if you try not to. <laughs> It's hard to deny. Again, those abandonment issues are going to flare, flare up. That's going to be something that you're going to need to deal with. What if you decide, yes, I'm totally cool with my partner drinking. Having boundaries around what your partner drinks is going to be the best bet for you. If your partner overdoes it, what does that look like? How do you deal with that? If you want to leave somewhere early and your partner wants to stay, how do you deal with that? Having these boundaries in place and having these conversations about what your reality is going to look like is really important and they can be super tough and really awkward, but also very freeing and, and liberating because you've talked about them, cats out of the bag, this is what hap what's happening, this is the support that you need from your partner and this is how you want this to operate. Keeping your side of the street clean, have some boundaries and knowing what your needs and wants are when you need to be supported. That is how you deal with a partner that still drinks. And last but not least, the third question. How do I start? Now, this is a very, very good question. For me, I always came from a place of lack. I had these limiting beliefs around what I thought sobriety was and what it would look like and how it would feel like. So that's exactly what I got. <laughs> 
I thought that I was a bad person for drinking. I was a bad person for making myself feel guilt and shame after drinking because I should know better, right? This is what it equates to. If I drink, I'm going to feel like shit. So in turn, I am a shitty person. That is not the case. Exploring these limiting beliefs, I also thought that it was going to be boring. I was a DJ. How could I wrap my head around being sober in a nightclub, DJing, while everyone else was drinking and carrying on? I thought, that who is going to want to hang out with me if I'm not this fun, crazy party girl? All these limiting beliefs I found out that are not true. Spoiler alert. This, this is, they're called limiting beliefs for a reason. <laughs> They are such bullshit. First of all, you're not boring. You, only boring people are bored. And honey, you are not boring. If you're listening to this podcast, you are nowhere near boring. You know what? Maybe I won't be that funny party girl full of energy and wild and, you know, hanging off the chandelier at nightclubs and bars. Maybe that's okay. Maybe I'm, I'm not going to be a conversation starter or the bubbly energetic person that I long to be. And that's okay. Sometimes it's not all about you. And that was a tough lesson. Because how we build relationships and how we build these these understandings is actually by listening. Yes, it's a fun time, but do you really connect with that girl hanging off the chandelier at the nightclub? No, it's more of a spectacle. It's show, it's a show, it's entertainment. And you are not a monkey with symbols. You are not here to entertain anyone. You are here to be yourself and connect with others. And that is what, in sobriety and recovery, what we long for. The funny thing is, drinking completely keeps us disconnected and avoidant. No connection whatsoever. (laughs) So, first and foremost, how to stop drinking and start your sobriety is mind shift. Take a look at these limiting beliefs that you have about alcohol. Write them down, debunk, debunk them, demystify them, take the piss out of them. These are limiting beliefs for a reason. And once you figure out the opposite of them or the truth, it makes it that much easier. Also, find the feeling. You know, it's not the substance that you're, that you're craving. It is the feeling that the substance creates. For me, it was a couple of feelings, actually. First and foremost, it kind of cured my loneliness, or so I thought, even when I would drink alone. It was always something to either relax me, something social, something to give me energy. I was chasing a feeling. It wasn't the substance. And I think the third piece of advice I could give for how to start your sobriety is to find other people who are doing it. Find other people who have what you want. Reach out to a community. There are tons and tons of amazing resources out there and communities that have women just like you that feel the exact same way. Like I said, we all have the same feelings and emotions 
Maybe our story is a little bit different, but we all have the general feeling and emotions. And we have a common goal. We want to kick booze to the curb. We personally, at A Sober Girl's Guide, have a private Facebook group, Instagram, we have the blog, we have group coaching where you can actually physically see other women over Zoom and really meet and talk and have that accountability to keep you on track on your goals. So really reaching out to a community, finding people who feel the same way is so important because I can tell you right now, girl, you are not alone, but you will be if you don't reach out to other people who feel the same way. The internet is a magical thing. We can make connections and we can see other people doing and, and living the way we want to live or that is inspiring and motivating to us. And I think that is a really brilliant tool and amazing that the internet can connect us like this. You can also go one step further by joining the secret Facebook group or jo joining group coaching. These have been the top three questions that I get all the time about sobriety. If you have any other questions that you would like me to answer, send me an email or reach out to me on Instagram is probably the best way at a sober girl's guide or even on Facebook at a sober girl's guide as well. Thank you so much for listening. I could not do this without you over a hundred episodes. This is so amazing and we are just picking up steam. We have so many amazing guests planned for the next six months and the next year that I am so excited to bring their stories and give you insight into these amazing guests recovery journey. As always, thank you so much for listening. Please make sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at A Sober Girl's Guide and the blog. Don't forget about the blog. We have tons of downloadable workbooks, journals, exercises for you to keep yourself in check in your sobriety. We also have our brand new merch store to get your Sober Girl swag. Our new Sober Girl Varsity collection is out and it is fantastic head over to a sobergirlsguide.com. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day.